With more healthcare services available online than ever before, the real question is, what's better, IRL or URL? Can digital interventions truly enhance the quality of patient care and offer more than traditional in-person treatments? And what does it take to deliver revolutionary patient experiences through high-touch digital models, but also do it in a balanced and safe and well-governed approach? Which is critical, especially in areas managing chronic disease, men's health and obesity management. Today on the podcast, I speak with Dr. Matthew Vickers, Angus Wood from Eucalyptus and Tiffany Young. And in this episode, we talk about the real story on the effectiveness of using technology to provide real-time support and interventions, the advantages of telehealth, digital platforms to provide consistent quality care, and the urgent need to elevate standards in digital health to ensure safety and efficacy in this rapidly evolving field. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. Being a GP in Australia is a busy gig. You see a lot of patients during the day, then you're expected to find time outside of the clinic to maintain your CPD and education. A great way for GPs to access education is through podcasts. And Australia's leading education podcast for busy GPs is called The Good GP. It's had well over a million downloads, regularly ranked in the top 10 medical podcasts in Australia, and a proud member of the Talking Health Tech Podcast Network. The show's hosted by three GPs, Chris, Tim, and Sean, and The Good GP regularly features episodes on all the important topics that GPs need to know without all the fluff. And The Good GP podcast now has the support of MedTech Global as a key sponsor for the show. MedTech help GPs be GPs by working with clinicians in Australia and New Zealand to develop patient management systems and healthcare technology. MedTech's on a mission to digitally transform general practice so GPs can focus on quality patient care. If you're a busy GP or know someone who is, check it out, The Good GP Podcast, on your favourite podcast player. Everyone, how are you going? Good. Great. Great. Very good. Great to have you on the round table and um, being able to dive into and learn a bit more about um, some of the work that Eucalyptus is doing and uh, let's, let's get stuck into it. I might get you each to introduce yourselves and give a little bit more context. Matt, I'll start with you and let's go around. Yeah, so um, I'm Dr. Matt Vickers. I'm the clinical director at Eucalyptus. I'm a specialist GP by background. Um, still do some work as a GP in clinic, um, but I'm here full-time at the moment as, as clinical director. Been with the company since late 2019. Initially as one of the consulting GPs on the platform. Um, and then for the last you know, two and a half, almost approaching three years now, I've um, been internal um, as, as clinical director. Love it. Thank you. And Tim? Um, I'm Tiffany Young. I've been a gene of a patient for just over 12 months. Nice. Yes. Excellent. And my name's Gus Wood. I'm the head of clinical services at Eucalyptus, responsible for operationalizing Matt's vision on the clinical side, right? So uh, we have a team of nurses and doctors and nurse practitioners and pharmacists, and I'm responsible for the delivery side of that care, the operation side of it. Love it. So we've got all kind of aspects here represented in terms of the clinical oversight and 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 vision and then the delivery side and then the, the end patient side. So that's great. For those that don't know about the services that you provide, tell us a little bit more about what that's about. Yeah, so I've uh, been in operation since 2019. Um, so Eucalyptus is a 
healthcare company, we've got four main digital clinics. So they're based around um, uh, particular types of conditions or, or patient demographics. And, and largely what we're looking at is, is generally stigmatized conditions. So we started with Pilot, which is a men's health brand, uh, started off predominantly around men's sexual health, hair loss, um, more recently in obesity management. Uh, we then have Kin Fertility, which is our um, you know, fertility, contraception, perinatal care brand um, and, and, and um, digital clinic that offers both um, a range of sort of online services as well as uh, products that patients can, can access as well. Uh, Skin Software is our, our third uh, clinic. That's our teledermatology service and, and it's been around for a few years now as well. And more recently and probably our biggest one that most people have probably heard of is Juniper. Um, so Juniper is our obesity management uh, and menopause uh, digital clinic. That's also the digital clinic that's expanded internationally um, for us as well. Yeah. So uh, that's seen the most growth. But in terms of the company, we are quite large. So uh, we do operate internationally now. There's about over 400 um, employees, um, at least 30 to 40 clinicians here in Australia um, and overseas working internally. Um, and quite a large number of, of partner practitioners who are providing the clinical services direct to patients as mm. well. Cool. I'd love to learn a little bit more too, before we dive in, just a bit more about the why and, uh, you know, we've got those different elements and, and you, you talked about the stigmatised areas and the telehealth delivery. I'd love to unpack that a little bit more. Yeah, so I think, you know, it, it's not that these conditions certainly can't be managed in, in you know, GP clinics or in primary care in, in Australia or internationally, mm. uh, but they're conditions that often... Uh, not part of, I guess, the bread and butter um, in a lot of ways for, for GPs. And so we don't necessarily see ourselves as trying to take, um, you know, regular GP work away or, or fragment patients away from their great local GP. Uh, we see ourselves as complementary and providing access to care where patients either struggle with access because of their location, so rural remote patients. We've got quite a high volume of patients who are rural and remote, um, up to about uh, 30% um, in, in um, some of our conditions. So it's about 30% of our patients rural and remote. Um, in the case of some of the other conditions, uh, you know, patients have either had poor experiences, um, not comfortable discussing it face to face with GPs, um, even though they may have a great regular GP who, who they're seeing for everything else. Um, and so often they do that, that does attract patients to us. And we find that we're able to still provide high quality holistic care for patients for these conditions um, in a safe way um, because of all of the wraparound services and, and safety and quality systems that we've got. Um, at the same time as improving access for patients. Yeah, cool. Love it. And so, like, how do you measure the impact and the success? Because you touched on, you know, the expansion into other parts of the world too. I'd love to learn a little bit more about the, the, the growth and the expansion of, of eucalyptus. How do you measure and determine that? Yeah, so since we started, uh, we're approaching about a million consultations and, and uh, half a million patients uh, yeah. that have come through. Um, most of that is here in Australia, um, but expanding quite quickly in, in our other uh, markets in the UK and, and Europe and, and now Japan. That's, that's part of it in terms of, you know, volume of patients that are coming through. But we do value not episodic transactional care, um, but continuity of care. So we, we value the long-term relationships with patients. A lot of our patients have been with us for, you know, at least a year, if not longer. Uh, many on, you know, in the case of pilots, since we pretty much started. Yeah. Um, continue to use our services. We also measure outcomes. So we want patients to do well. It's not just a matter of they came, had a consult. Yeah. We, you know, we don't care about what happens. Uh, we do care about the outcome of their treatment uh, where, where it is provided. Um, and so we are you know, moving into a, a realm now as well of um, 
increasingly looking to publish, um, you know, research as well. So we're starting, uh, you know, some prospective trials in, in early next year um, on our WAIT program. Uh, we're in the process now of, of uh, submitting publications, peer-reviewed peer uh, journals, um, retrospective analyses on the outcomes of our services, so safety, quality and effectiveness. Mm. We'll continue to do that and working with other sort of independent you know, universities and, and other bodies to expand that research as well. The Talking Health Tech podcast has been running since 2018 with over 400 episodes and no signs of slowing down. It's all possible thanks to the support of our THT Plus members. These are startup and scale-up members who get it. They know that collaboration starts with a conversation and they know that to make meaningful change in healthcare, we need to break down those silos one conversation at a time. We love to feature our THT Plus startup and scale-up company members on this podcast, so you'll hear from them regularly if you listen to this show, and you'll also see they have a strong presence on our SEO-optimized website. THT Plus members can share unlimited content on our website too, like news events and jobs, which we then redistribute across our wider audience through our socials and our newsletter. If you're interested in being part of the conversation, become a THT Plus member today so we can get the word out about the most important topics in healthcare together. Go to talkinghealthtech.com slash THT Plus to learn more. And from, a, from an operational perspective as well, because um, some might think of eucalyptus and providing telehealth services, but I saw there's, uh, particularly in Australia, but there's presence in the UK, Germany, and there's products in Woolworths as well. That's right. right. Yeah, we have a retail presence. Um, we have the telehealth services that we provide and we have the allied services that go alongside the initial consultation that you have with a doctor or nurse practitioner. So mm. that includes our medical support team, which is made up of nurses and pharmacists here in Australia who respond to sort of 2,000 or so patient inquiries every week. Um, that's one-to-one -one email or, or telephone support with our patients. Um, we also have our dietitians as well who are in our health coaching team who patients are able to interact with, whether one-to-one -one or in a group or via email or via chat at any point as well. So those are those complementary services that go along with our program. And so you see the doctor initially, that is one member of your care team, but you have all these other members of your care team as well that can ensure great outcomes for you on the program. So depending on what media you consume, I guess, there's a, one couldn't ignore, I, I guess, a narrative or um, with, with the growth and expansion of eucalyptus, particularly in the juniper line, you know, there's there's talk of how eucalyptus might be a tick and flick service or a pill mill and these types of terms, which work really well as a, as a headline, um, particularly around like GLP-1 and, and that engagement with GPs. Love to hear from your side a little bit more about you know, what it looks like on the other side and, and how much truth there is to all of that. And let's, let's unpack that a little bit more. Yeah. So it's obviously been a long road of, of those questions being asked and absolutely understand where it comes from when there's a, you know, perceived lack of transparency. They don't know. Um, yeah. It's new, it's novel. And there's huge variability, I think, in, in the market there between the high quality operators and the not so's. Um, there's also a lack of, I guess, impetus from those a lot of the companies to do the right thing. They don't need to 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 have a successful business. Hmm. That's not us. So we have instituted a very robust clinical governance framework. Um, we we value high quality, safe care. Uh, we measure our outcomes. We've sought independent certification of that uh, through through the ACHS and Equip Six standards. Um, we believe we're the only. 
um, telehealth company in Australia that has that certification. And that's not a mandatory thing. We, we've voluntarily chosen to do that because we believe that's the right thing to do by our patients. Mm. Um, as Gus mentioned, you know, the, the systems and structures we've got in terms of auditing our medical support team, internal clinicians, that's all to support patients and make sure we're doing the right thing, um, getting the best results and doing things safely. We are open and transparent with our safety data. Um, if people want to know what that is, we, we, we have it, we're looking to publish it. We, we want to set a threshold or benchmark uh, for the industry. Uh, we want to push for more stringent standards in the industry um, because we ultimately believe that as a complementary part um, or, or integral part, but complementary to, to traditional primary care, this style of, of digital health or telehealth delivery is going to stay. It's not going anywhere, mm. but it should be done right. We believe we are doing it right. It's a matter for us to, to continue to show that mm. um, both, you know, through independent certifications like ACHS, research publications, um, independent verification of that safety data, um, but also just just opening the narrative like this, I think, and, and yeah. yeah, not not coming from a place of, you know, we only care about profits and things like that when that's inherently not true. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, almost all healthcare entities are a business, um, you know, and I think a label that's often sort of leveled at us is around profits and things like that. Um, which I don't think is a fair, um, you know, attitude to, to sort of have when, when everyone's largely in the same boat, mm. um, instead judge us on, on the outcomes, safety and quality. Yeah. And I think, you know, I reflect on where eucalyptus is, is at and the position, th this unique position that you're in, in terms of the, the scale and the, the impacts that you've had already, but also coupled with the fact that the, the services you provide, inherent in the way you do it, you collect a lot of data. And so there's, compared to, say, your, your traditional GP clinic, where, you know, a lot of that engagement is there and then it's kind of put in. So every contact, every waiting time, every, like, thing is, is measured and tracked. So to be able to then do that against a particular standard. So I guess, in, in a way, you're, you're leading that narrative in terms of the what, what responsible care is in this space. So it's it's good to hear that that's kind of front and centre. I'd love to learn a little bit more, Gus, in relation to just this point around delivery of healthcare through through telehealth in particular and that particular mode and and you know I, I guess in comparison or as like you say in conjunction with your more typical bricks and mortar you know GP clinics, how you kind of you know think about the whole patient safety element and keep those things front of mind. Matt touched on them a little bit already. Yeah, but. yeah of course. So I'd say like, I'll, I'll, I'll go into a few points. I think the first thing to point to is like the independent certification that we have of our safety and quality protocols, which is our Equip 6 certification, which we got in December last year from the Australian Council on Healthcare Standards. They accredit around 60% of the public hospitals in this country and they've accredited us as a digital clinic against the Equip 6 standard. Um, we're the only telehealth business in Australia with that certification. So that's an independent point that we can that we can look to to say, yes, we are confident and the market has confidence in our safety and quality systems. One of the things that was um, yeah, really applauded by by the Australian Council on Healthcare Standards was our audit team. So we have a team of clinicians who are responsible for the clinical audit of around 5,000 consultations a month. So we have a data set of 
60,000 consultations that we have audited in the past 12 months, where we can understand practitioner behavior, understand where errors have occurred and how to correct for them, and sort of feed that information into our quality improvement muscle to improve the overall delivery of our services and the outcomes for patients. That's an example of where I think we go well and truly above and beyond what what you would expect in a bricks and mortar clinic, frankly, because they don't collect, they can't collect the data that we collect in order to do that. There's no, there's no way to collect all of that information, including all of the information on what takes place in the consult to, to enable that analysis. Mm. Um, the second thing I think, so that that's sort of the retrospective analysis of, of the work. And I think the other piece is the real-time analysis that we can do on the data that, that we collect. Some of those things is just understanding immediately the decisions that practitioners are making in consult and correcting them if they are, if there is an error there or if that's not a, the perfect decision to make in that period, we can correct that, monitor that decision and correct it before the package even arrives to the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of real time data collection and ability to correct on the go is a really important part of ensuring really safe care for our patients. Mm-hmm. I think the final thing is like we have that Equip 6 protocol, but it's not the place that we rest. We now, that Equip 6 certification, we now are looking forward to the digital health standards being unveiled in 2024 and looking to be the first company certified by those di- against those digital cert- digital health standards um, and, and playing our role in sort of shaping them and ensuring they're at the highest level they can be to ensure that the whole industry is held to really high standards around safe and quality care. One thing that I know we're really good at in the healthcare industry is talking about what patients want, but we never really involve a patient in a conversation. So I'm really glad that we've got you here today, Tiff, in terms of being a patient that's that's received, you know, services through eucalyptus. Tell me a little bit more about your journey and your experience. Okay. Um, I first off heard about Gina Patra, a girlfriend, um, and I had been battling with my weight for quite some time and having, you know, um, other existing issues with insulin resistance and a few things. Um, I lived in a remote area, so trying to get into the local GP or the local GPs had their books closed. So I could only, I was in at the local medical centre, but when I went in there, they're sort of getting you out the door as fast as you came in. So um, my reaching out for support that way hadn't um, sort of come to fruition. So, um, yeah, so I reached out to Juniper, um, saw an ad on Facebook (laughs) and um, took that option. And, yeah, and through email correspondence, uh, I had questions answered. Um, the doctor was asking me questions, getting my clinical history and things. So by the time I was actually signing up, I felt fairly confident yeah. um, with the process that I was sort of putting myself into. Yeah, cool. Yeah. What's that experience like? So, you know, people might think I'm going to get, you know, typically I go to my GP to receive care. And I was going to say people might think that, you know, they, they get more care front and center. But I, even, I think of my own experiences with a GP, sometimes it can be just as you explained, where it's like they're they're a busy clinic and they've got they've got people to, to see. Um, you know, on the other hand, people might on the surface think, well, if it's just through an app or a phone, it's impersonal. Like what, what was your experience with dealing with it? My um, experience the whole way through has been really positive. Um, as I said, I was getting asked questions in my um, clinical history. Um, I don't see that it's much different to going to a local medical centre where you might be seeing a, not seeing the day, same GP every time anyway, mm. so you're not necessarily building a relationship with the GP in a me- medical centre setting. Um, but um, not only was I getting emails from the doctor, but I was also getting emails from the team, like checking on how my 
experience had been? Did I have any questions? Um, there's an email that you can, um, if you've got questions or if you're having side effects or anything negative, encountering anything negative, that you can reach out. And yeah. when I have emailed on that email, someone has always come back to me within 24 hours. So yeah, it's always been a quick turnaround. Yeah, good on. Just back, I'm thinking, Gus, on the, you know, you mentioned that there's a lot more data that's mm. collected and, and I guess it's there's pros and cons. When you're collecting a lot of data, you can do a lot more in terms of measuring and tracking, but the more data you collect, the more risk you carry in terms of you're collecting sensitive, you know, patient information. So, you know, we talked about patient safety for for a little bit at the start there, but just think about data and secu- like security around the, the data. How do you go about... You know, making sure that's all safe and secure yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is another area where we sought third-party independent certification in order to make sure that we were doing this appropriately. So very recently, we were certified by certified as ISO 27001 compliant. That's the global international standard um, for healthcare organizations is to be certified against that standard. And we recently gained that certification as well. So that was a 12-month period where we worked towards that and, and gained that certification. We've always, always taken it extremely seriously um, we have a team dedicated to the to data privacy um, and security, and so yeah, really pleased to get that external certification and give that confidence through to our patients that we take this very seriously and have that independent certification to to match. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking more broadly about the industry and the ecosystem, Matt, I know that you know you're increasingly engaging with more and more um, players within the health space in, and there's we're not short of telehealth providers in Australia you know you, you've got a lot of focus on all these important aspects are you finding that there's the same sentiment across the board in terms of telehealth in Australia? There's a huge amount of variability I think there are some uh take an approach that anything can be managed via this uh, you know technology method mm. um we don't agree we don't do general um, you know, practice type consultations with undifferentiated illness. We don't think that that's appropriate. Mm. Um, the, you know, the, the arguments around doing that with a GP that knows you best has access to your records is, is valid um, when it comes to those, those particular conditions. We think the conditions we've picked can be safely delivered via this method. There are some that we don't do that others have chosen, you know, perhaps might be a particular niche um, you know, condition type or, or area of, of general practice, um, you know, special interest area where that's something like obesity management, women's health, menopause, lots of companies doing, you know, one of those things mm. um, as part of their digital clinics and doing them very well. Um, and, and mixed modalities, you know, whether that was prior to September this year, um, you know, f- purely text-based or whether that was a mix of text-based phone um, video, um, some doing purely just video and things like that and, and different styles. Um, and, and that suits, you know, some patients differently. I think the important part is, you know, clinicians are probably best placed to make that decision, um, you know, what's appropriate and what's not. Um, but certainly, yeah, I think, you know, more broadly in the industry, it, I think there are lots of people who can see a quick buck um, and a quick, you know, it's very easy to spin up a website and, and um, you know, get an off-the-shelf uh, EMR and, and then start doing this. Um, it, it's disappointing that there's probably also no shortage of practitioners willing to do it and put mm. their name to it. You know, we, we pride ourselves on, you know, the credentialing and onboarding and things like that that we do to make sure that we've got high-quality practitioners in addition to all the internal, um, you know, framework that we have. But 
it's not the case that that's occurring across the board, uh, which is disappointing. And I think that that is obviously going to create fear um, in, in traditional healthcare, um, uh, you know, areas and, and concern that it's moving too quickly. Um, you know, you see similar, similar concerns around AI at the moment yes. around, you know, there are lots of people moving very quickly when it comes to health, that, that can be concerning. Mm. Um, and, and the same is true for, you know, direct-to-consumer um, telehealth organisations yeah. like us. What's the saying? That the toothpaste is already out of the tube now. It's like, <laughs> you can't put it back. Yeah. So I've got to deal with it safely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's an international issue. It's, it's it, you know, most countries have got similar versions or similar issues. Yeah. Completely different regulatory landscapes depending on where you go. Yeah. Um, and, and they're managing that very differently. And, and often, you know, that's, you know, the US manage it very differently because often it's currently being regulated largely by uh, insurers being the payers, um, and they're the ones setting the rules as to whether patients can actually generally access your services as a telehealth organisation. So, um, as opposed to government being the, the regulator there, yeah, um, in a lot of ways. So, it's it's different, and um, yeah, people trying to there are people trying to take advantage of it, um, and and unfortunately that's you know putting patients at risk. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean we we have mentioned some of the things we, we're hoping to do um, over, over the next, you know, 12 months around, um, you know, waiting to the, the, the digital health standards to come in and, and then sort of more broadly look towards how can we get, um, you know, everyone adopting those standards. Um, yeah. It's all well good to have standards, but if there's no incentive to actually adhere to them, that's that's problematic. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of the last thing I wanted to really just reflect on too, you know, that that eucalyptus is in this uh, position that i guess is, is a somewhat powerful position in that there's a lot of attention in terms of the way that you're you're delivering services but you know uncle ben from spider-man said with great power comes great responsibility right mm -hmm. so the the and, and the the sentiment i'm getting is that that eucalyptus isn't just looking at wholly and solely from a business perspective, there's this opportunity to then set the example to hopefully then apply standards across the board. What can we look forward to seeing, you know, from UCO over the next 12, 24 months in terms of industry engagement and stuff in this particular area? Yeah, I think we're pretty keen to open source, you know, the clinical governance framework that we've set up and show that there's a way of doing it appropriately, mm. safely, high quality, um, and happy to share that across the industry, whether that's through the consultation process around the standards with the commission um, and, and, and helping shape those into something that's actually going to achieve what it, you know, sets out to do. Um, happy to, you know, we're attending conferences and presenting and, and, and being transparent about, um, you know, whether that's health outcome data, um, you know, how we've built particular products and services, um, quality and safety data, looking to, to continue to um, you know, publish uh, research in, in peer-reviewed journals, mm. um, working with universities to to have independent um, review and, and research done on the data sets that we've got, uh, which I think is important rather than us just marking our own homework all the time. You know, and that's why we've gone and done these things like the ACHS certification and the ISO work. Um, so well and good to sit here and say we're great. Um, we want to prove it. Mm. Um, but you, you're right that, you know, we feel that weight on our shoulders as, as the biggest um, and, and obviously the one that's attracting the most scrutiny um, as a result of that, that we've got a role to play there um, to be the responsible ones and show, you know, lead the way um, and, and make people comfortable in the people, you know, in the processes and the companies that are doing the right thing. Um, 
so that we can see the ones that aren't and, and then the focus can be on that. Well, look, I think that's a, it's a good message to kind of leave on. I'm keen, certainly from the Talking Health Sex side, to continue that journey with eucalyptus and learning together and sharing some of those perspectives and, and I guess, um, you know, lifting the tide for, for all boats within the ecosystem to um, deliver quality care through whatever mo modality it is. So, look, Matt, Tiff, Gus, appreciate you all taking the time to come out of the chat. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks very much. Hey, before you go, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you enjoyed the show, write a nice review and give us five stars in your favourite podcast player. At the time of this recording, we've been stuck on 65 reviews on Apple. I'm not sure what that's about, but if this show is part of your regular routine and you've listened this far, it'd mean the world to me if you could take two minutes and write a nice review, give us five stars. It does more than just boost my ego. It also helps us climb the charts and reach more people. Thanks so much. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.